There's something powerful about that. Worship team, I appreciate y'all literally more than you know. So if you don't know me, my name is Chris Kellum and I'm the worship leader here at Bellwether and I'm also one of the elders, but I've been, uh, I've been given the task of, of delivering God's Word to you this morning. I'm very excited about that. We're in the middle of a series called A New and it's uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it's therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. And we talked about that in, in week one, and, and I think so many of us have a hard time accepting the fact that the old is gone, the new has come. And there's power when we accept that the new has come and the old is gone. We talked about that in the first week. The second week we talked about, we used John 6, we talked about the woman at the well. And I love that story because see what happened? She's sitting there at the well, right? And Jesus comes up to her and he's like, hey man, let me tell you everything you've been doing. And she's like trying to, you know, trying to work it, you know? And he's like, no, but, you know? And she ends up saying, I know who you are. Right? I, I know who you are. And then she goes, come, come, come. See this, this man. See the Savior. And her identity is in Christ. This week, I want to talk about us finding our strength, as we've been singing about this morning, finding our strength in the Lord. Finding our strength in the Lord. And, and I, I want to start with this. Listen, uh, let, let me say that my high school experience before just... This is a disclaimer. My high school experience was um, shady, to say the least. I don't have a lot of memories of sports, but I do have, I do have one that I'm going to share with you this morning. But before I, before I tell you, I want, to, I want to let you know, about 20 years ago, I have a twin brother, Kevin, and just, who's got like this flowing mane, by the way? <laughs> you know, like, so not fair. But um, anyway... He's the one, Kevin, when you listen to this, when you were that man, and I had the little peninsula for so long, I finally had to just take it down, you know, but Kevin and I, Kevin and I went hunting years ago, well, we go hunting all the time, but about 20 years ago, we went, uh, we got up about 4.30 in the morning, and we went, and we drove to go, and on our way there, we stopped in Gluckstadt, and there was like this dude that, uh, named Jimmy, and he was the the father of somebody that we knew in high school. And Jimmy, you know, Kevin and I were always referred to as the twins. And we walked in, he's like, twins? <laughs> Kevin and I were like, and he went, Jimmy. <laughs> okay, what's up, Jimmy? <laughs> you know? But, but Jimmy did this. Jimmy, Jimmy sat there and he said, you know what I remember about y'all? I remember it was fourth and two, and we were, and he, man, he was just jacked up on coffee, and he was so fired up at 4.30 in the morning, and Jimmy ends up getting in a three-point stance, right, and firing off, talking about football, and I'm waiting for Ashton Kutcher to jump out with the, you know, like the little camera that I'm being pumped, but I remember the, 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 the lady at the front, the, the, uh, at the counter, she looked at us, you know, and it was, a, it was just beyond crazy. It was a joke to all of us, except to Jimmy, which was dead serious. But I'm here to promise you today, the story I'm about to tell you, I'm not going to Jimmy out. 
I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be in a three-point stance. But I do want to share something with you because um, something happened to me. In ninth grade, I played, I went to Jackson Academy, and I played football for a guy named Sherrod Shaw. A lot of y'all may know this guy. Well, again, high school football, I literally don't know that I can give you one. I, I, I I really don't have a memory that's vivid enough for me to share with you. However, in ninth grade, at 14 years old, something happened to me that I've never forgotten, and I'm going to share it with you today. Full disclosure. So here's, here's what happened. The whole year, we had been practicing, and our coach was going, y'all are warriors. You're warriors. You're an army. We're here to fight. We're taking on people. And, man, we were like, yeah. Well, guess what? We went the whole year. Not only did we win the game, but we didn't even get scored on. We were on defense, right? We thought we were pretty balling. Till the last game, we got scored on. We hadn't even scored yet, but we got scored on. And immediately, it was as if, man, the life had been taken out of ourselves. I mean, we were so distraught. We were so scared because not only had we disappointed the whole crowd and the coaches and the school, but we felt like we knew that we had disappointed ourselves. And Coach Shaw did something that I've never forgotten. He pulled us over. He got us in the huddle, and he sat down with us, and he says, Guys, you're an army. You're warriors. And I'll never forget that human night. I still remember the feeling of the air. I still remember looking around and seeing the looks in my, in my teammates' eyes. can't tell you what I did yesterday. But I can remember that moment, dead serious. Uh, And I can remember sitting like this, deflated. And as he started talking, I started believing. And we started believing. And then something happened. There was an energy right there. And we knew we were about to go out there and dominate. We did. He said things like, um, he came up to us, i got to put these on remember what he said but he said this he said guys you got a decision to make you can either lay down and accept defeat you can lay down in your disappointment or you can make a choice you can remember the fact that you are warriors that we trained all year for this moment and you can accept that and go out and win this battle or you can lay down and he kept saying guys you've done this you've done this he whispered and we were you could hear he could hear all the other noise, but he started whispering. If you knew Coach Shaw, it wasn't his thing. He started whispering, and we leaned in. And we started taking in what he was saying. And all of a sudden, we felt like we were warriors. We knew in that moment, at 14 years old, we were warriors, and we went out and dominated and won the game. And I've never forgotten that because that moment, something changed when we believed what we had been hearing All year. All year. Well, I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you today because one of the things Coach Shaw said to us was he said, guys, you got to go take a stand. Guys, you got to go take a stand. And I want us today to talk about taking a stand. And we're going to talk about another battle. Not a 14-year-old in high school or in junior high, but we're going to talk about another battle. So if you have your Bibles today, I want to ask you to turn to 2 Samuel 23, 9, and 10.
Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Oahite. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pazdamim for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar, he stood ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Only to to strip the dead. Now here's, here's, here's the deal. Eleazar, obviously, bad dude. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking like Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, you know, G.I. Joe, you know, whatever you want to call it. But this dude was bad. And he was one of, see, David had 30 of these dudes. But these, this, this was three of them that he was talking about. And he, man, he stood there. Think about what went down. Now, look, this is, sometimes we have a tendency to look at this. If we're really honest, we ask ourselves, did this really happen? Or is this just a story? This really happened. This really happened. So Eleazar, he fought so long and so hard that that his hand froze to the the sword. But here's here's what trips me out about that. Like Eleazar, it says that he he ran and and everybody else, like they checked out. They were like, yo, peace out. I'm gone, man. Ain't no way I'm going against this army because these dudes are bad. But Eleazar said, oh, no. Oh, no. And he went towards, and he says he stood there taking a stand. Can you picture that? I mean, really, can you, can you picture that? Because if he, if he, as he went and he took that stand, I picture him with his feet planted. And he had a, probably a sword in each hand just fighting. I see blood all over him. I see the dudes coming to him, ready to take on their thinking, oh, this is just one guy. We got this. We're about to just dominate this guy. And I see Eleazar running. But his people are going the other way. But Eleazar is going right at him, and his feet are planted. But you know what it says then? It says the Lord brought about a great victory that day. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. And so many of us need to, need to understand that because I know a lot of us here are fighting battles, but we need to understand that the Lord brings about great victories. One of the things I trip out on this whole week, I'll be honest, I've been as I've as I've as I've thought about and, and thought through this, as I've read through that scripture. I uh, I thought about those guys at 9/11 that were coming down as those firemen went up. What that must have felt like, you know. But where did Eleazar get the courage when everybody else was going this way? Where did he get the courage to go? Into, into battle. Where did he go to? I mean, where did he get that courage? How did he know? How did he know that God was going to fight for him? Really? How did he know that? I love reading about leaders. One thing I know about leaders is that leaders love to develop, to develop other leaders. Right? And so I think, I know that King David probably, if, you know, he was older in his age during this time when this was going down. King David was a little bit older, a lot older. And um, 
So what I can see him sitting down with Eleazar, you know, and like spending time with him, you know. And then I can see Eleazar thinking, I mean, it's, he's like, you know, King David's like a rock star, you know. So <laughs> Eleazar's probably sitting there like Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. I don't know if y'all even know what I'm talking about when he's interviewing those people, you know. And Eli, I mean, I can see Eleazar like, bro, David, like, brother, uh, with much respect, like, give me some of that David and Goliath. Like, how, tell me about that can you opened up on Goliath, right? Or you're like, man, I, like, I know, dude, all, they, all of them were like screaming, you know, Saul kills thousands, but you kill tens of thousands. Like, you are balling. How about your buddy Jonathan, man? Tell me about your best friend Jonathan that also went against the Philistines, and he struck them down that day. Like, man, tell me all about it. I can see him sitting there wanting to take in everything because David was a great man. And he was getting time with the king, right? He was one of the king's mighty men. And so I can see him taking that in. And you know what I think? I think that David spoke to Eleazar like he speaks to us in the Psalms. That's what I think. I believe it with all my heart. I I mean, totally believe it. I believe that he was like, Eleazar, like Eleazar, listen up, man. Listen, listen. God is my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Eleazar, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he, Eleazar, who takes refuge in him. Eleazar, Eleazar, put your hope in the Lord, for for with the Lord is unfailing love, and, and with him, Eleazar, is full redemption. Guess what, Eleazar? Guess what? Are you ready for this, Eleazar? Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Cannot be shaken. But love endures forever. Eleazar, Eleazar, man, check this out. Eleazar, I want you to know, Eleazar, that our God is a God who saves. Eleazar, do you get that? I mean, Eleazar, come on. Eleazar, all you got to do, Eleazar, is take a stand because we serve a God that fights for us. See, that's what I think Eleazar heard. That our God is a God who saves. Y'all know that I'm one of the elders here at the church, and so I hear a lot of things. We, we pray for this congregation every single week. We get together, we pray for you individually. And I know a lot about what's going on with a lot of you. And I'm telling you, and I'm begging you to understand that you serve a God who saves. And you've got the power in you as a new creation to take on an army with one by your side. Because our God is a God who saves. Second Chronicles 20.17 says this. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. See, do, do, do y'all see this? This was from a battle years and years and years ago. 
The Lord will be with you. There is a common denominator when we grab on to the Almighty God and and accept the fact that our God is a God who saves. Take a stand. Stand firm. Don't be discouraged. Face the fight head on. And the Lord will be with you. God's building an army of men and women who know that all things are possible with Him leading. God's building an army of men and women that are willing to take a stand and to stand firm. Is your marriage falling apart? Your kids giving you a hard time? You struggling at home? your world coming unraveled? Are you being bullied? Are you struggling with addictions? Take a stand. Are your finances a wreck? Is your husband or wife cheating on you? Take a stand. Are you going through a breakup? Or you had a place where life just doesn't seem right? Take a stand. Are you facing odds that look like you can't overcome? Take a stand. Take a stand. Put your feet in the Word of God. Please hear me on this. And allow Him to fight for you. Allow him to fight for you because I don't know about y'all, but I know about me. And I know that a lot of times when I'm facing my own personal battles, I don't allow the almighty God who parts Red Sea, who wipes out armies, I don't allow this guy to fight or this Lord to fight for me. Why? What am I thinking? I can't tell you the number of times that I have sat there trying to do it on my own and when I finally am laying face down on the ground as broken as I can get, I'm like, okay, what about now, God? And He always steps in. And all He wanted was for me to let Him do it in the first place. Our God is a God who saves Ephesians 6. I love Ephesians 6. My wife will will tell you I'm kind of uh, an Ephesians 6 nerd. You know, I mean, honestly, like, I'm going to tell you all this thing I do, okay? This is, y'all are going to think I'm probably a bigger goober than I am. But, um, so Ephesians 6 is the armor of God. And, And so I know, you know, for me, it is really easy to read over Scripture sometimes and just read it. But what I've learned in translations, what I've learned in, when we take it from one language and translate it, is that we have a tendency to, to read over things and not understand the power that it was originally written in. And Ephesians 6 says this, 6, 10 and 11 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against Satan's schemes. And, and the full armor of God, truth, righteousness, peace, 
faith, salvation, sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit. You know what that is? That is God's Word. And so here's the deal. Every single morning that I wake up, I beg God, one, for forgiveness as I approach Him. But you know what I do? I go through Ephesians 6. And I pray, and I literally picture myself putting on the sword of the Spirit, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. I go through His armor, and I I put that on. You know why? Because I, I am a broken, broken, broken man. And if what's going through my head was up on that TV screen, y'all wouldn't come see. You wouldn't be sitting here right now. You think I was a freak. But that's every one of us, isn't it? Isn't it? Anybody here want to volunteer to put their thoughts up on the screen and let us read it? I mean, come on. (laughs) No. John, he and I talk a lot about Matthew 11, 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And, And we had a discussion, you know, talking about, like, what if we got that? I mean, like, really, what if we really understood and accepted, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I love Dwayne Moore. Um, Dwayne Moore wrote this book called Pure Praise, and in the book, it's, a, it's for worship leaders, and Tyler and the whole worship team has, has read it. But he says this, he says, when you abandon hope in all other sources and place our faith in God alone... He will always prove himself to be the one and only true God. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. Sorry, y'all, this is making some noise. And I want you to know today, as David told Eleazar, that, y'all know it? Our God is a God who saves. Thank you. Christ alone, a place. I mean, I love, I love that song. Well, we just, literally, we just sang, find my strength, I find my hope in Christ alone. You'll never be completely happy until you, until you let God be your strength. I picture David being so Happy when he wrote, I love you, Lord, my strength. Miroca, as it says in Spanish, a rock. Knowing that he went through. And just so y'all know, man, look. When I accepted Christ, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Ever. Ever. But then I did a study on David. Because, see, when I accepted Christ, I thought, you know what? I mean, if I'm, if I'm fully honest, I thought, man, you know what? Like, yeah, I, I believe. But he didn't really accept me because if they really knew what was inside here, eh, they wouldn't. There's no way. But, see, then I did this study on David, and I found out about this guy who became king who started off as this little boy. And he sat there, and he, he killed Goliath. But before he killed Goliath, as we talk about every week, myself and and Jay and Teddy, is that he, he struck down a bear first, and then he, then he struck down a lion, and so God was doing these little things with him. And then he would go completely screw up and like have somebody killed because he wanted to sleep with their wife. And he did it. 
But then he fell down. As we see in the Psalms, he's like, oh God, please, please forgive me. And guess what? God forgave him. And so God took this man who was completely, completely broken, one, and forgave him, but two, made him a king. Three, Jesus came from David. You need to hear that God uses broken people. God uses broken people. And those broken people can stand there with the power of the Almighty God and fight battles that seem like can never be won. What battle are you going through right now? Really. Man, I want you to ask yourself, what battle are you going through that you're not allowing the Almighty God to fight for you? Come to me, all, you who, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And yet so many of us are so scared to reach out to the Almighty God who is calling us. If you do have your Bibles, I didn't tell Byron I was going to put this on the screen, but if you do have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew 14, 25 through 32? So this is the passage of when Jesus walks on water. Now, when I started, when I started uh, preparing for this message, I had no idea that I was going to use this. But the more I realized about holding to God's strength, to allowing God to fight, and the more I thought about Eleazar, where in the world did Eleazar get that courage? I think about Jesus. thought about this. During the fourth watch, uh, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. <laughs> yeah, it's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Okay, they tripped out, as we all would trip out if some <laughs> dude came walking out in water, right? But, get this, but Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus, come. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. So listen, listen. If you don't hear anything else that I say today, I want you to hear this. So they're sitting in the boat. They've seen Jesus do some cool stuff, right? But they're sitting in the boat. And all of a sudden, he comes walking out. I'd be tripping out too, wouldn't you? I mean, really. Like I'm not, I mean, I'm laughing about it, but I'm for real. Like, I would trip out if I saw that. However, when they were tripping out, the first thing Jesus did, but Jesus said, listen, get this, take, 
Take courage. Grab courage. It is I. So that's what Jesus said to them. Take it. He didn't say, man, y'all need to run on over here and, and then try to find it and then when you do... No, 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 no. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. To which Peter said, I also love Peter, by the way. <laughs> you know, anyway, I'm not going to go off on that. But to which Peter said, Lord, if, if it's really you, then, then tell, tell me to come. Okay? So, so he says, come. So Peter, one, he stepped out of the boat, right? I'm sure he wasn't balling some, you know, all, uh, what do you call it, some Bass Pro, like solid jacket. You know, I'm sure that wasn't happening, you know. I mean, solid, uh, what do you call it, life vest. Yeah, he wasn't doing any of that. He had to step out of the boat. And when he was focused on Jesus, there's something we read over so many times, and it says, and Peter walked on water. What? Are you kidding me? He walked on water? Yeah. He was focused. He was looking directly at Jesus. Can you see it? Can you? Looking right at Jesus. And he stepped. But then something happened that scared him. And he took his eyes off. And he began to sink. Y'all know where I'm going with this, don't you? Y'all can probably finish out what I'm about to say. But when he began to sink... Courage. It is I. Remember? But when he began to sink, then Jesus came. You know what he did? You know what it says he did? Neil, you know, don't you? He took him by the hand. He took him by the hand. Golly. He took him by the hand. When I was a little kid, I remember getting scared at little things. You know, mom would just grab my hand. And there was something peaceful about that, wasn't it? So Jesus took him by the hand. And see, and then he starts focusing. And remember, when he takes Jesus by the hand, and then it says, it didn't say Peter got back into the boat. It said they, they got into the boat. What happened when they climbed into the boat? The wind, the fear, oh, it died down. Why? Because don't you know that every one of those guys was sitting there staring at Jesus and that's the only thing they were focused on? Because they had just watched the Savior of the world walk on water and allow, allow another man to step out and walk on water himself. And we're worried about a battle? We're worried about a fight. You can walk on water. You just got to focus on Jesus. And you'll get that courage because he says, take courage. The courage is Jesus. Y'all heard me mention my twin brother, Kevin. He, he had this dog 
years ago as a chocolate lab. He was, man, he was so fly, cool, just a good dog. He ate too much and Kevin fed him too much because he really didn't know how to take care of him, in my opinion. However, <laughs> just teasing. I'm just kidding, y'all. No, but listen, so Kevin was in the woods one day. Kevin, and he loves, and I've already told you he likes to hunt, but, but he really likes to hunt. Like, I mean, he's, he's obsessed. And he, he, he was in the woods checking out deer stands and and he was walking through the woods with, with Sam. And Sam was the nicest dog. Y'all, he was so nice. I mean, you could walk up. I bet you you could take a whip and just hit him. You know, not that I would. But you could do anything to him, and he wouldn't bite. He wouldn't growl. He wouldn't do anything. But one day, Sam and Kevin were walking down this path in the woods, woods on both sides. And Sam stopped and turned around and started growling at him. Kevin was like, what is wrong with you, Sam? And he kind of tried to push him away, and Sam stood his ground. And growled at Kevin. You know what happened? There was a water moccasin right there, off the, right off the trail in the woods. And Sam turned around and grabbed that water moccasin and started slinging it and getting bit. It bit him in his face, in his back, and he slung it so hard that it killed the snake. And he flung it out into the woods. Kevin didn't know what to say. He was so floored. See, Jesus will fight for you. The question is, will you take courage? Will you stand the stand, stand strong in fear? And when everybody else is running this way, will you focus on Jesus and run at it? Because we serve a God who saves We serve a God who has his hand out and is saying, take courage. You know why? Because I'm courage. And he's calling every one of you right now to take his hand. 